Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 12th, 2014, and today we continue our discussion of how the Republic became a monarchy, or how did we end up with a president who acts as if he were a monarch by rewriting laws passed by Congress without even consulting them and so forth. We've talked about the 16th Amendment, which gave the president the power to tax income and broke the dam holding back federal spending, the 17th Amendment, which broke the Congress's connection to the states, as well as the Federal Reserve, which gave control of the U.S. monetary system to the banks. Thus, President Wilson was handed in his first year in office a credit-backed elastic fiat currency. These were the beginnings of the enlargement of federal government power based on spending, financed by taxes, borrowing, and its resultant national debt. Like President Obama now, Wilson meant to transform America, and like Obama, Congress gave him the tools to do it. As Wilson put it, quote, he wanted to put government at the service of humanity. That is a quote from Woodrow Wilson. He wanted to put government at the service of humanity, but as Thomas Jefferson put it in the Declaration of Independence, the purpose of government is to secure our God-given rights, not to serve humanity. Mr. Wilson, again, like Mr. Obama, was an activist in pushing government expansion and legislation expanding government through Congress. Such legislation as the Federal Trade Commission in 1914 and the Federal Farm Loan Act in 1916 brought the federal government into the daily lives and the living rooms of Americans everywhere. You may recall that Congress recently passed a $1 trillion farm bill 98 years later after this organization was formed. Mr. Wilson, like Mr. Obama, embroiled the United States in foreign wars, including bringing the U.S. into the Mexican Civil War and including even invading Mexico and sending U.S. troops into Russia to oppose the Bolshevik Revolution. This is the 100th anniversary of World War I, which began in Europe in August 1914. The U.S. would not officially enter that war until three years later, however. I plan to do a great deal on World War I in August. When the anniversary is here, he was very lopsided, Mr. Wilson was, in monetary policy against neutral and not-at-war countries. He did not seek a balanced neutrality in the early years of the war once it started. He forbid U.S. banks from making loans to the warring powers, yet permitted the banks to extend large, quote, credits to the French and British. In effect, the U.S. was bankrolling the war, just as we have today in wars across the Middle East, Possibly without the U.S.'s elastic currency, the countries would have run out of cash, and that very unnecessary war would have ended very much earlier. Many countries were sucked into the war as it went on and on and on, ruining many lives across Europe, much as today. U.S. credit policies perpetuated war, thus allowing it to get worse and worse, leading directly to German submarine warfare against the supply convoys. The U.S. population was strongly against U.S. troops being involved in this European war, much as they are today. The production of war materials, however, led to economic boom times in the U.S., all funded 
by credit, much as it is funded today. In 1916, Wilson ran for his second term on the slogan of, quote, he kept us out of war, just as President Obama ran on ending the war in Iraq, which is now worse than ever. And he mentioned a few days ago in his State of the Union message, he took credit for Iraq and the U.S. wind-down in Afghanistan. Less than 90 days after his inauguration, for his second term, Woodrow Wilson asked Congress for a declaration of war against Germany. Wilson sought to control dissent to his war policies with laws designed to limit free speech and political dissent. The elastic currency of the Federal Reserve funded the war as Wilson continued his domestic agenda at home much as we do today. Under Woodrow Wilson, America got its first introduction to the warfare state, the total war state. That's all we have time for today, folks. On Friday, we'll continue our discussion with a look at how Mr. Wilson made the world safe for democracy. Until then, this is Daryl Castle, folks. Thanks for listening.